Our New Testament lesson comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 21st chapter, which can be found on page 80 in your pew Bibles. We'll read uh, verses 25 through 36. Listen for the word of the Lord. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And then Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself And know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day, and then that day, catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Frightening, astronomical phenomena, extreme meteorological events, panic and disorder in the populations around the world. It sounds like a teaser for the next binge-worthy Netflix series, doesn't it? But these, these are prophetic words from Jesus. He tells us to keep alert for these signs of the Son of Man arriving in a cloud of power and glory. Be on the lookout. Jesus says, don't be distracted with earthly pleasures or worries. Otherwise, you won't be prepared when the time comes. This is what Jesus says, along with telling us a story about a fig tree and how its green leaves springing forth are a sign of what is to come. The kingdom of God is near. Are you ready? Wait a minute. Wait. Did I did I print the wrong sermon? No, I didn't, but you might be thinking, Mary Kay, why are we talking about this? Why are we reading these scriptures? It's almost Christmas time. Shouldn't we be reading about something the something about the Virgin Mary's 
pregnancy or the journey that she and Joseph took, the preparation for the birth of the Christ child. Why this talk of end times? And don't we politely overlook that kind of thing here in the genteel Presbyterian church? Yet, these are the scriptures in our lectionary for this Sunday. Now, a lectionary, for those who might not know the term, it's a collection and schedule of scripture readings. It's an ancient church tradition. The one we now use is called the Revised Common Lectionary, and it divides much of the Bible over a three-year cycle. So we could read the whole, most of the Bible over three years if we follow the lectionary. Many churches, including us, don't stick to the lectionary all the time. We might do a sermon series or just want to preach on a particular passage that's not in the lectionary for a given Sunday. I've done that many times. I do like the lectionary in that it can challenge me to consider parts of the Bible that I might otherwise overlook. And our passage today certainly falls under that category. When I looked at this a couple of months ago, and I knew we wanted to follow the lectionary throughout Advent, and this was the text for my Sunday, I thought, ugh. But then with God's help and much prayer, I've wrestled with this text, and what does this mean? These lectionary passages about the second coming of Christ are selected for this first Sunday in Advent because this is a large part of what Advent is really about. In this season, we are both getting ready for and we are we are doing both and. We are getting ready for and I'm sorry, we are getting ready. I see it's confusing. We are getting ready for the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we are getting ready for Christ to come again. We are to stay alert, says Jesus. So these might seem like odd texts to be reading today, but if we think about it, we are a peculiar people. Do you know that? Here we are calling this season Advent when the rest of the world calls it 23 more shopping days. We light the candle of hope on our Advent wreath. We gather in this sanctuary on a Sunday morning. In a little while, we are going to share a common cup and a loaf of bread. Where else? What else could we be doing this morning? We could be out on a jog, out on a run. We could be sleeping in. We could be buying Christmas gifts. We could be brunching with friends. And yet here we are in a sanctuary, singing songs about Israel being ransomed, calling out for Christ to come, O come, Emmanuel. We are in a season of Advent a season of preparation, expectation, waiting. This is where we get our marching orders this season. And Jesus says today, be alert. 
Are you alert? Do you expect Christ to come again? When are we ready? Back in the early 1980s, when I was in middle school, there was a Christian rock band called Petra. Anyone? Nah. Yeah, good. Thank you. A few. A few on the, you on the front row. <laughs> Petra, I think, was like Led Zeppelin for born-again Christians. Maybe? <laughs> I was into Petra. And I owned all of their cassette tapes. Uh, my husband said, some people might not know what a cassette tape is. So I did bring an example. <laughs> this is a cassette tape. We'll show you how it works, maybe. Um, I remember that Petra had a song that talked about how Jesus would come again like a thief in the night. And this is from First Thessalonians, a scripture um, Jesus was, will come unexpected, unknown. And I remember being haunted by this song, but listening to it again and again. There was a call to be ready, to walk prepared, because you didn't know when it would happen. I have distinct memories of lying in my bed, listening to this music, and the thoughts that scurried through my mind, my eighth grade mind, interpreted being ready for Christ to come like a thief in the night to mean I better be good, as in morally upstanding good. I better be nice. I better follow the rules. I better not disappoint my parents. I better not get in trouble. And truth be told, I think I was good about half of the time. Half of the time I got this right. I was morally upstanding, but it was exhausting to stay that way all the time. I felt bad, of course, that I was only 50% alert, but so it was. As I look back on that, I realize that my thinking was a little limited, and as my theology, my understanding of God has expanded, I realize that Jesus isn't all that interested in my being good um, as far as the, well, he didn't want me to disappoint my parents, but the other stuff, I think it was, it wasn't as if Jesus was going to pass me over because I took my sister's dress from her closet without asking, which I did often. Now, we can read in any story in the Bible and see that Jesus wasn't necessarily interested in the pious, the religious, the good and moral ones. He hung out with the outcast, the vulnerable, those who no one else would even necessarily look at. So what does this teach us about how we are to be alert and ready for Christ to come again? It's tricky stuff. We call this apocalyptic literature, and it is what the book of Revelation is filled with. So why do we need to hear this now? Here's what I know. It's easy to fall asleep, metaphorically, to get preoccupied with the things of this world. Especially in this season that we call Advent, or what the world calls 23 more shopping days, 
It's easy, I think, to get caught up with the stress of making sure we do everything just right. We get all the right gifts. We don't leave anybody out because they would really be offended. We worry about the relationships around the table and how in the world are we going to get along. We want to have the perfect party. We want to have the best meal. There is so much for us to get consumed with in this season. The expectations that we have to have the hallmark Christmas, and it can be exhausting and never quite fulfilled. What if we dismissed these expectations? If we freed ourselves a little bit from the pressures and stress of doing everything just right and instead focused on relationships, focus on our relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, focused on our relationships with ourselves and with one another, letting that be our first impulse rather than jumping to making everything shiny? What if we opened our eyes and even, even in the midst of despair and confusion, and there's a lot of despair and confusion, the list of people in our congregation who are in despair and confusion is great. What some of us are experiencing and we don't know about what's going on in our world, it's big the list of despair and confusion. But what if, even in the midst of that, we did what Jesus told us to do and looked for slivers of green poking through the branches and trusted in the life that was to come and the hope? What if we looked for Jesus and ourselves and others this season So what might this look like in your daily life? For me, it begins with starting the morning getting centered, a morning prayer time, a reminder that my focus today needs to be on Christ and not on the things of this world. And so I start my morning that way, and an hour later I do it again because I slip that quickly. But I constantly pray, God, I want you to be at the center of this day. Help me. And then that hour later when the world starts churning and I go somewhere else, I say, God, no, really, I want you to be at the center this day. Please help me. And it's constant, but it works. And Christ is there to remind me what is important. It includes being in worship, paying attention doing things a little bit differently, possibly being uncomfortable, resisting something that we have always done. We have made several tools in our church with our daily calendar, with a small task for each day of Advent, our devotional book, and of course, worship. In Advent, we are both preparing for the celebration of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who came to give us life and life to the full. And at the same time, we are to be reminded that we are different. We are hopeful. 
We can walk loosely in this world as we recognize we worship a king who will come again. Even when the world seems to be crumbling around us, we have hope because of who Christ is. Jesus showed us how to do this. Here are a few practical ways that we can practice being Christ-like. Show hospitality. Not getting bogged down in worry. These are things that Jesus tells us to do. These aren't my list. Show hospitality. Don't get bogged down in worry. Be present in relationships. Forgive as we have been forgiven. Let go of grudges and resentments. Care for the poor. Love boldly and walk humbly. These are practical tools. I'm not saying they're easy. They're not necessarily my default. But when I ask for God's help and practice these and am accountable, held accountable by you, I can walk alert in this Advent season. In this season of expectation, we are not to surrender to the pressures of this world, but to see things differently, to put on our hope goggles and see things the way Christ sees them, to be alert, looking for Christ each new day. We are a peculiar people doing a peculiar thing, but let's do it boldly. Let's be alert. Let's pray. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Lord God, you know our hearts, our minds. We want to do this Advent maybe a little bit differently. Help us, O Lord. We give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, who he is in our lives and who he continues to be. And we pray this prayer in his name. Amen.